gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for. Good morning, Vietnam! First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? Can we talk about something other than Hollywood for a change? No, I don't go to the movies much. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. So what's your podcast about? Um, the movies. Uh, today's special guest is Woody, my dog. He's yep. wandering around the room at the moment. Doesn't seem very interested in the microphone that we have set up for him. No. Um, well, you're eating something off the floor. Uh, he's just no. sniffing the mic. I don't know if you heard that sniff there. But uh, anyway, Woody, uh, the dog, is staying with me this week, and it's delightful mm. to have. A How good old friend. is Woody now? Woody is about ten uh, years Jesus. old. He looks he look, great. He looks great for ten. Yeah, he looks great for ten. He's climbing up on the couch now beside me. Yeah, yeah. Hello, well, tell him down. Like we are, we're trying to record a podcast. Hello, here. Woody. You're right. Yeah, actually, Woody, sit down. Zitten. He's a bilingual dog. Um, um, we've we haven't recorded a podcast despite us having this hot episode in the chamber for a episode. long time. Yeah. We haven't been able to fire for a long time because mm-hmm. we've both been very sick. Mm-hmm. Not COVID. But no, not COVID. I've tested myself so many times, but uh, I I have like a long, consistent illness. You you just had a you had a blast. I had a blast, like um, and, and like an an eight day blast yeah. of the flu. But I've just been sick, and I think everyone I'm talking to is sick, and everyone's yeah, just running yeah. around sick all the time at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so I bought this thing that Anna was like, "You have to buy this stuff. It's called Liquid Gold." Okay. Do you know about it? No. Do you know about it? You do. It's a thing. It's this thing. It's like uh, apparently it's like the concentrated form of like fifty vegetables and fruits. Mm. And it's in a white bottle with a gold cap on it. Is it and quite it, like a stout bottle? Like it's it's, it's like kind a, of a stubby bottle. Yeah, it's a stubby bottle. And yeah. it's kind of this very, like almost an elixir. And you drink a capful of it every day and apparently it makes you better. And I had my first capful there and I just felt like, I felt like a Popeye or something. You're glowing. I was like, oh my God. You look at you. Did you give Woody some as well? The pair you're looking absolutely incredible. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, um, we've got to stop saying his name, or else he's going to go, get weirder. Oh he's yeah, now rubbing himself on the ground. I do. I, I want to say just to, to raise an awareness mm. for the use of the word the flu. I had the flu. Right, mm-hmm. I was fucked. I couldn't mm. do anything. I was completely bedridden. I couldn't read a book because I yeah. couldn't pay attention or focus. I couldn't watch a movie, mm. and I had the flu. And I find it so annoying. Like I was out of work for a week, and I come back, and people are like, "What was wrong with you? What was it?" And then when you say oh, I had the flu, they're like, "Oh, nice," and they're nearly a bit like. You know, the flu is a serious yeah. thing, so don't use it lightly. Well, you know? I think that there's a reason we get flu shots. Do you know what Do you know what happened? Do you know what the flu dilution of the word flu happened? Wow. It was over COVID with the, the, the kind of people going, COVID, that's just the flu. But the flu is so bad. What do you mean, just the flu? You yeah. had the fucking flu. Yeah, it, it like, sucks. Are genuinely, the flu is, you feel like you've gone insane. Yeah. Like you're yeah. having these dreams, these fever dreams. Your mind is going to... You know, crazy places like you've taken mm. a bucket load of LSD or something like that. It's horrible. It's not. It's not. It's not to be I, sniffed at. I had it. I had a horrible. The first day I had it, I had just finished reading this sci-fi book, and I was stuck in this like six-hour-long weird fever dream where I was like a hacker, and I like had mm. to do some confusing task in a computer, and I didn't really know what was going on oh or God. what I was doing. I was just like in this computer world, and I was just like, ah. And you know it's it's horrible. And then yeah, because sounds the, like a plot to a Nicolas Cage film or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man lies in bed. But um, <laughs> the I had 
I feel also because the word flu is so diluted mm. now when people say like what was wrong with you I say oh I had the flu then I feel like obliged to like describe a few symptoms yeah like I had mm. the flu it was really bad I was a in bad bed flu. Was, yeah. I was really achy I couldn't mm. do it I couldn't like and I feel like I need to give mm. that qualifier there yeah 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 well look I mean I I, I heard I got some voice messages from Mark uh, I won't be playing on the pod because it, they're so you're so sick in it you might even get the flu from just listening to oh, it. It's, so it's unfortunately, stuff. They, they must stay uh, unplayed. Yeah. But you sounded very sick. Oh, thank and you. I'm glad to see that you're better. Thank you. Um, we were supposed to have Joe McGulkin on, but unfortunately, because of sickness and everything, mm. we will hopefully get him on the next one. Uh, and uh, our special guest this week is Woody. Woody, what's your favorite dog movie? We're going to come back to Woody on that <laughs> one. Think... We're going to come back to Woody on that one. Uh, but we have an amazing episode lined up. Oh, we my have God. All the films... We we watch them so you don't have to. That's but, the that's our approach to this year's Oscar nominations. We watch them so you don't have to. It's like a real film podcast. This is the first. This is as close as we'll get to a real film podcast. We watched. Yeah. I think nearly every single Best Picture nomination uh, has been has been watched by the two people. So we're very proud of ourselves, mm, and mm. we hope you, dear listeners of Popcorn Boys, are proud of us too because. We're not the most diligent to film watchers, mm. but I feel like we did yeah. a pretty good job this year. Oh, don't get used to it. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I went to the cinema twice yeah. in one week. I went on a Wednesday and a Friday. Yeah, Can you it's believe incredible. that? I feel so good about myself. Oh. So um, the Best Picture Oscar nominations are out. Did you have any uh, gripes with this year's Oscar nominations? Killian, I'd be lying if I told you I knew who they were. So, yeah. so Best Picture nominees. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, please. Women Talking. Mm. This is the only film on this list, by the way, which we haven't seen, but I can't wait to see. Uh, my roommate, uh, Morgan, went to see it uh, just yesterday evening and said Women Talking is a sleeper hit. And uh, oh. and people haven't talked about it because there's been all these other big films that have come out. Uh, Everything oh. Everywhere All at Once. Oh, yeah. Uh, Banshees of Inish Aaron. Yeah. I mm-hmm. just, just watched it. Yeah. Very good. good. You enjoyed Liked it. it. Well, this Oscar is... is as you were saying before, it's the Paddy Oscars. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the Poscars. And so, the Poscars. And uh, there's a lot of Irish stuff that's been nominated. Uh, Banshee's Finish Aaron, one of the biggest films going into it. We have a lot to get through, so I won't talk about it for too long. But Banshee's Finish Aaron, I felt, I liked it a lot. It was very yeah. like a John B. Keane play, I thought. Yeah. Very much. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I, your, your, your comment where it kind of seemed like they didn't really have any jobs I thought it was very valid like mm. it kind of seemed like they just kind of dawdled around yeah. your man like very lazily kind of look after his cow and then went <laughs> to the pub but uh, I have to, like if you've seen the likes of the field which I feel like I referenced yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. people told me Banshees of Inisherin is going to be very sad mm. and I was like okay like I'm ready to, mm. to watch this and then if you've seen the likes of the field or some other mm. things it's not that sad in no. comparison like yeah. it's kind of like it's a bit it's a breeze so it's more I, comedy yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's more good comedy. i liked it it was a good movie gotta say yeah okay good because i thought you would hate that um <laughs> so uh the next film uh triangle of sadness which i actually just watched finally this week is that nominated for best picture that's nominated for best picture Holy yeah, yeah, smokes. yeah yeah uh and i'm a huge huge ruben oslin fan but i just never got around to seeing this one i watched it it's probably my least favorite of his films really yeah it's my Why? least favorite of his films why did i not like it uh because i just felt like the bits that were meant to be really funny, like the big set pieces when there was like the, the ship is going crazy and they're all trying mm, to eat the fancy mm. dinner and everything like that. I was just not in. I was very sick when I was watching it. Uh, and I just wasn't. Those bits weren't hitting me. And mm. uh, and I was like, I, I'm aware how this is supposed to be ridiculous and very funny, but I'm just not getting it. Mm, and mm. then I, um, I don't know. I did find like it was not. 
I mean, a lot of people saying easy target and stuff like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the rich, what an easy target. But I actually thought it was more complex than that because I felt like the the some of the rich weren't like, you know, they're they're rich people from different types of rich, you know. Yeah, like yeah. there's new rich in there, there's old established rich and stuff like that. So I actually thought it was kind of interesting in that respect. Just didn't I didn't find it funny. Ah, uh, um, the bit where the guy's like, the ship is going down. Yeah, no, that, that was, was very that was funny. Good. Yeah, yeah. But I, just, no, I didn't find it funny. That, that character, that Russian guy or whoever yeah. he was, he was good. Mm-hmm. No, wow. he was brilliant. The way he laughed a lot. He's I, brilliant. I would say, I I thought it was very good. I thought, I thought that the, whatever message it had on second watch was quite heavy handed. Okay. Um. Well, I thought it was good. I, I, I read something on Reddit where someone said it's not necessarily a put down of the rich, but more because of without spoilers, because because of how the story develops, it's mm. kind of like showing that anyone in the position where they're at an advantage mm. will behave the same way, basically, is what it's yeah, trying to say. Yeah, I think that is seemingly yeah, seemingly is kind of what they say. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that like it's one that probably there's a lot to talk about. But anyway, I'm glad to see that film be nominated for best yeah, it's a, picture it's a I'm weird very, movie very it's happy cool. to see that uh I, I but like it wasn't actually my favorite of his that being mm. said the, his other two films are like two of my favorite films so it's not saying it was a bad film at all mm-hmm. and next on the list is the fablemans which we will be reviewing in this episode uh all quiet on the western front which we have previously reviewed has made it uh this is interesting because all quiet on the Ref- western front nominated for best picture and also best international feature that like parasite so it's num and it's nominated in both departments. So is Parasite. What happened with did Parasite win Best Picture? It won, and it won both. Yeah, that feels like it's it's a cheat. Stupid. Yeah, it's a cheat. That's if a you're stupid. the best overall, then obviously you're going to be the best international. Yeah, surely. That but means, it just that's also what that means, it, no? it, then it seems to imply because an American film has won every single year previously to to Parasite, except I think maybe Levian Rose might have won. I'm not sure on that, but like it's basically implying that. Every single year since the Oscars, Oscars have started, the best fi- film has been uh, an American yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, the best up until like Parasite, which is you know it's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's true, but that's I guess true. that's what it is. Oscar is Oscar says, Oscar goes. Uh, next on the list, Avatar: The Way of Water. Very surprised that made it. <laughs> but, you know, there you go. Elvis is the next on the list. Ugh. Um. You know, meh, but I guess, you know, Avatar and, and Elvis, maybe that, you know, if you're going to include 10 films, they probably should be there. And yeah. then finally, Tar, which we will be reviewing on this episode. Uh, best, we will be reviewing Tar on this episode. Yeah, we will indeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you want to win there? Out of these, what do I want to win? I think it's pretty clear everything everywhere all at once has to win. Uh, do you think? What about, yeah. what about Top Gun? If Top Gun won, I would I would be fine, but I think the sort of even though everything everywhere all at once is what like twenty five million, I could, I see it as like an independent movie almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because of just how out there it is and how interesting the plot is and how wild and kind of wacky. You just I don't know that going up against all like big blockbusters and stuff like that. It'd be cool to see that win. Mm. I'd yeah. say. Ah, uh, I I say Top Gun just because I think it's funny to say that, but mm. um, even though. Well, we'll see what I think of it, but I'd say maybe Tar or. But do you not want to see Ke- Ken Hoi Kwan do another Oscar speech? I mean, I liked his Oscar speech, but I don't really care. Is it? Well, he's going <laughs> club. No, you don't care. I would like to see that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was nice, Mr. Spielberg. Um, and yeah, I mean, what, what I, you know, Banshees. If that one, I probably wouldn't be too upset. I really like that film as well. Yeah, yeah. So my three would be Top Gun, Everything 
everywhere all at once and Banshees of Inisherin. The one that I think will win, I'm going to put my money down on this right now. Banshees of Inisherin. I think. Do Banshees, you think? Yeah. What do you think is going to win? Tar, maybe. You think Tar will win? Okay. I don't know anything. No, it just shows what you know. Um, Very little. <laughs> okay. Uh, can we move on to best actor? And before we do, I just want to read out a, a nice text my mom sent me, um, mm-hmm. which said, um, so three, three of the five men up for the Oscars best actor are men. That's mental. <laughs> <laughs> three of the, three of the, three of the five men up for Oscars best actor are men. <laughs> You know what she's trying to say. I know. I know exactly. She's trying to say that, what, three of the... I mean, there's 10 actors nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting she Actor. She got every part of it wrong. Every every single aspect of it is wrong because three of the five would only be... But it's, it's three of 10. I think it's actually only two of 10. No, it's three. We have... Uh, we have Colin Farrell, mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson, and Barry... They're uh, all up Keown. for Best Actor. They're all, no, they will... No, Colin Farrell's up for best actor, mm-hmm. and then the other two lads are up for best yeah, but supporting she said actor. Three of the five men up but for she, best well, actor. Yeah, but no, well, yeah, but she said she also said three of the five men were men. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, so she's she's all out, but like it, I think it's pretty cool to see so much Irish representation in this. Also on Colleen Kuhn, it did it. It got nominated for best international feature. Nice. So there's Paddy's ever. Also, there was an Irish short. That got nominated for best short, and then, um, and then I think there were other ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wait, it's all quiet in the Western Front. That's a British film, is it? No, that's a German film. Ach so. Yeah. Uh, we have. Oh, yeah. Kerry Condon is also nominated for best actress in a supporting role. So, oh. um, we have. We're all over this fucking thing. Run through best actor there quickly. Okay, so best actor we have. Uh, Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Maybe. Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for Aftersun, and Bill Nye for Living. I don't give a shit about any of those. You don't give a shit about... I think that's a hot... There's a hot pocket there. I would say my bet is on Brendan Fraser to win. Yeah, uh, me too. My desire is for Paul Mescal to win. My desire uh, is for Paul Mescal. Aftersun was actually the best. I think the best film. If, would you year. rather... Never mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Best actress. Uh, well, best... Actress in the leading role, Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas for Blonde, which is a surprise one, right? What? Everyone yeah. hated that Everyone movie. hated that film. Uh, Andrea Riseborough for Leslie. This is the interesting one. Have you heard about this? Oh, the one where it was like a controversy or yeah, something? Yeah, so uh, uh, Andrea Riseborough uh, was in the film called Leslie. A very, very small independent film. Not well known, not well seen. But they did a very smart and short Oscar campaign where they contacted all their friends during the week where they're selecting the nominees, uh, all their friends who were like celebrities and big producers and all that, and got them to heavily tweet on uh, and, and heavily tweet and put on Instagram and all their social media saying, mm. you know, Andrea Riseborough should be nominated, all this kind of stuff. It managed to gain such a big traction that she got nominated, uh, which is apparently does go against it. There's blurred lines about campaigning in the Oscars. Like you can't directly ask people who are doing the nomination to vote for you but asking someone who follows that person to mention to that person it's like it's a little bit like they're just playing the game though. they're Did playing you the not game say, yeah. like, they all kind of do that in some shape mm-hmm. or form don't mm-hmm. they like yeah 
Yeah. I can't imagine James Cameron wasn't passing a few envelopes around to get all oh, man, way of the way passing of the water. More envelopes than Bertie Hearn. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, Michelle Williams for the Fablemans, uh, which uh, I'll talk about later, and then Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. My desire would be Michelle Yeoh to win, but I think probably uh, Miss Blanchett is in for her second. I'd, I'd Oscar. go for Blanchett. Yeah, she's yeah. Probably... You know, she's not in all the uh, many movies. Is she? Not? I thought Clay Blanchett. <laughs> was Bridget Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Renee Zellweger. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were the same person. So That's I was watching good. Tar and I was like, damn, she can really pull it out when she needs to. <laughs> um, but uh, but okay. no, because then I was like, what movies is Kate Blanchett in? She's in Fuck All. Um, she, well, she was in Blue Jasmine. She's in obviously Lord of the What's Rings. What's Blue Jasmine? Blue Jasmine was a Woody Allen film. She won Best Actor for that. Uh, then best actor in a supporting role, which is just flooded. Three. Did you know that two of the men in best uh, actor supporting role are men? Really? Uh, yeah, Irish men. Um, <laughs> Brendan Gleeson for Banshees. Juan Brendan would love to see him get an Oscar. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. Apps know nothing about that. No, that's like uh, that's like Mono or what? What was that yeah. film that won last year? One? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that made up movie. Cool. Yeah, the film Coda that was that what it Coda, was called? Yeah, Coda yeah. won last year, and we have since heard nothing about it. No, it doesn't no exist. No one who has ever seen the film has ever. No, we've never met them. That film doesn't exist. It was, it was an industry kind of uh, plant thing. Yeah. Um, Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans, Barry Keown. Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans. I watched the Fablemans. He's in it for two minutes, and he's got it's provides incredible. a lot of support. Um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, that yeah. guy who's getting charged for shooting that person by accident. Yeah. He was only in that for like a minute and 30 seconds and he got nominated. He got nominated. Yeah. Uh, Barry Keown, well done. A Dubliner. Banshees of Inisherin. Nice to see. Uh, mm-hmm. Grew up not far from where we are right now. Uh, and then K. Hoi Kwan uh, for everything ever all at once. Ah, yeah, give it to him. No, it has to be an Irish person has to win. Yeah, but give it to Barry. Yeah, give it to Barry. Yeah, yeah Brandon's... F- He's fine. Brendan's already a legend. It'd be great to yeah, see Barry yeah, get yeah. it. I would like to see Brendan Gleeson get it, uh, actually. But uh, who do I think is going to win it? Jesus, that's an open field. I think they might they might do the old Stallworth of Hollywood, Hollywood thing. So they could either give it to Brendan Gleeson or Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans. I think they might. Give it to Brendan. Might give it to Brendan. Just because he's been around for so long. He's been in so much stuff. Yeah, you just got to give him one eventually. um, And then then Best Director is the one that I want to... Is the last one that we'll look at. Wait, Uh, if you did Best Supporting Actor, you have to do Best Supporting Actress. Otherwise, that's... Sexist. Yeah. I just can't... Okay, I looked at it and I, like, we don't really know. Just go through fast. Okay, okay, actually, sorry. So, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. No interest, Um, next. I was surprised at that because there were other good ones... Uh, then uh, Hong Cho for The Whale uh, she's very good uh, Kerry Condon for Banshee's of Finished Iron she should win because she's better than all the other people who are acting in it oh yeah um, she was good yeah. uh, then Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Ever All at Once and then Stephanie Sue for Everything Ever All at Once Stephanie Sue is actually very good in, in Everything Ever All at Once I'd go for the Irish I think Irish she might one. get it uh, but obviously the Irish person is head and shoulders above the rest of them okay um it's getting tedious now let's go this to is director. tedious let's just fucking leave it yeah leave the director okay. who cares i, I want to okay who do i think is gonna win i think they're gonna give it to the daniels for everything ever all at once for directing stormy okay. daniels to win the two daniels uh all right so that's 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 all that done that's oscar that's oscar that's oscar um let's roll on we said we were gonna do a different film first but i would like mm. do you want to do 
we got two fucking pipe and hot movies. We got a pipe and hot pizza, and we yeah. got a pipe and hot this mark, set of uh, exposed breasts at a party. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> and get my uh, oven gloves because uh, there's no way we can handle these two movies without oven gloves on because they're so pipe and oh. hot. They're hot. Yeah. <laughs> hot too. Hot steaming piles of shit, unfortunately. Uh, so first film? The Whale. Let's go The Whale. Whale. Let's do Whale. Okay, okay. So I I don't know what you think of this, actually. And you don't know. Well, maybe you do know what I think of it, but I don't know what you think of it. So okay. we did voice reviews for this one. Killian, I'm keen to hear what you thought. Let's roll it. So I just watched The Whale and this boy cinema on the street and let me tell you i had a whale of a time i'm joking that was just <laughs> that was just a pawn i came up with at the first five minutes of the of the film and i couldn't wait i couldn't even concentrate on the film because i was like oh my god this pun i am gonna kill it in my review but uh yeah no so <laughs> i watched the film obviously you probably explained it in your review Brendan Fraser, a severely obese man who seems to only have a week to live, trying to reconnect with his daughter, who he hasn't seen in nine years. Uh, he has some sort of uh, severe eating disorder, um, and uh, he won't save himself, he won't help himself, all this kind of jazz. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, really, like, very play-like, you know, the way it plays out in uh, just this one space, which is his dingy apartment. Uh, it was really gruesome, uh, quite disgusting, um, but also touching. And uh, yeah, I don't think it ever. I don't think it ever got to the, like the profundity that it was trying to be. It's a Darren Aronofsky film. I feel like um, it was trying to reach a level of like profound uh, humanity is beautiful, uh, mixed with this kind of like you know, damaged people, humanity is beautiful kind of thing. And I just, I felt like that message didn't really get through. Uh, I think it was better as just kind of a drama between uh, the different characters and stuff like that. But yeah, no, yeah, there's a central idea of like, you know, he has this uh, daughter who has, you know, her dad's uh, left her, her mother's an alcoholic. She thinks everything's shit. And then he is this person who has a severe eating problem and is you know close to death and he thinks humanity is beautiful and like they this kind of contrast in ideas is sort of what plays out over the whole narrative and i just felt like it didn't uh hit me in the feels or make that much sense to me in the way that it was playing out in the drama um um, i thought it was kind of like yeah i don't know it was quite grotesque and at points i was like was this is this necessary to play at this kind of drama but i don't know maybe it was uh brendan fraser is quite good in it uh i forgot her name Maisie something or whatever from stranger things the redhead girl from stranger things was really good in it as well as the daughter um but yeah i guess that was good and it was bad points it didn't blow me away i just watched the whale starring brendan frazier um a film about Brendan, a film about an overweight man um, in an apartment. It was, it's very, seemingly very highly acclaimed. I think it, Brendan Frazier got a standing ovation and stuff. His performance is very good, um, but the film isn't really. Uh, I thought it was quite boring. Um, I thought some of the the dialogue was pretty fucking 
hammy and heavy-handed and like they really we've spoken a bit i feel like recently about show don't tell there's a lot of tell here like a lot of conversations that aren't natural at all they kind of say stuff with a lot of context included in the conversation it's like people don't talk to you like people who know each other don't talk to each other like that because they know each other you know what i mean so i just felt like a bit of the contact or a bit of the dialogue was kind of shit um and some of the acting was actually pretty bad like as i said brendan fraser was very good and his prosthetics were very uh very convincing but um the red-haired girl from stranger things is in it uh and she plays his daughter and i just thought she was shite like she's kind of like i guess a troubled teen kind of character and they have a a, a difficult relationship um for reasons that you'll find out if you watch the movie but i just felt like she she didn't feel very convincing with none of her lines and even some of them that were i guess were supposed to be like really impactful it just wasn't hitting me that hard um and i just didn't really feel like she was i just thought it was bad performance and then um i don't know like it's it's clearly supposed to be so sad but it's really so melodramatic or something that it just didn't make me feel sad. No tears. Not a tear in the house, from what I could see. Uh, Emer, oh, Emer had a tear, actually. But, like, the sad stuff is more around him being kind of... I think pathetic sounds harsh. Is pathetic a harsh word? But, like, he's very... Uh, he's a people pleaser and he's constantly, like, apologising to people and he's you know he's kind of destroying his life and and that's kind of sad the way he interacts with people and his performance as i said at that is very good and you're really like oh this poor fella but the actual story is supposed to be very sad i guess and i was just kind of like i don't care about this stuff um again because everyone's centered around this story their acting was just so shit i was just like whatever and there's kind of a side plot with this evangelist guy or like like mormon guy and i was just kind of like i don't give a shit about this guy <laughs> there you go i thought i thought the acting was a lot better than you let on in that i thought i, think, I thought stranger things girl was shit yeah no i think i think that 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 the teen the angsty teen is such a caricature that it's hard to not uh do a kind of like hammy job at that and very yeah. on the nose but uh, the plot, like, like the dialogue is so, because this is based off a play. It's a play that got turned into a film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they haven't really made a huge attempt to make it not play-like. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's cinematic at points, but like the the film doesn't try pretend to not be a play. Like it doesn't Completely, try. Completely, yeah. And, and I think in that there's, I can see how you're like, kind of disassociating from the film where you're like this is kind of a bit boring and melodramatic it is all those things you're not really wrong mm-hmm. i think maybe i enjoy those things a little bit more than you uh but like reddit fraser's acting is very good but it is very like stagey i think it is yeah, quite stagey yeah, yeah. Like, i think so he's speaking in a very stagey way he's doing it in that amazing way where it's like super dramatic and not realistic but also super also kind of toned back and filmy and i think i think it's a really good performance but like uh like he's like because i want to feel good in the world or whatever he sounds like almost like kermit and it sounds really like you know it somehow it works very well because the expressions on his face but i don't Mm. i think it's also stagey and kind of caricature his acting um but i mean yeah i i like after sitting on that film 
I, it didn't do too much for me. I wasn't thinking about it at all. And like, I just felt like, yeah, it was just so sappy or something like the sad stuff like the way he like read his daughter's essay and he was Mm. obsessed he's like it's the greatest essay i've ever read that didn't tie together at all no the essay about moby dick and and then the whale from moby dick and then these these metaphors and it's not as uh it's it's it it kind of feels like it thinks it's smarter than it is yeah but Um, also like his whole his whole um you you were right when you said the profoundness of it didn't really land like yeah his whole sudden appreciation of like the beauty of people i didn't even really understand what what caused that revelation mm. was just him realizing he was he he kind of just was like oh you're the great you're an amazing person yeah. to people and i was like why is he like what's <laughs> caused him to start saying this is just him realizing he's gonna die that's making yeah. him say this yeah it never really sh- i never really saw the click there that, yeah that made it, he just started saying and then the whole bit about authenticity where he's like i just want someone to say something honest and authentic i was like what is this whole thing? Why why does he keep saying this? Yeah. What is the what is the quest for like ultimate honesty and authenticity? Mm. What is to that? his students? He wants his students to just be honest with him. Um, what's what's that? Where is that coming from? Yeah. What, like what was that about? I suppose it's someone who's probably graded about five thousand papers and just wants something authentic. Or something. Yeah, maybe. But no, I mean, I guess like the it didn't tie together as well as it did. I thought there was a lot going on in the film that was good though. I did like that side plot of the young young uh, kid and and I liked the interaction between his daughter and and the Mormon kid and how that plot kind of ended was interesting. Um I thought the the relationship between his partner's sister who comes and helps him every day and him mm. it was probably the most interesting. Yeah, relationship and I did like because that, yeah. she's she's helping him she's it's almost like assisted death in a certain way and there's yeah. that kind of stuff tying into it and i was much more engaged with that relationship it felt deeper and more and her acting i thought was like really good uh and she was nominated for an oscar mm. uh, oscar comes in again but uh i thought that was probably the most interesting part of it and then also when the wife the ex-wife comes in and everything. Yeah, I, I think now that I, like, I think I probably would have liked it a lot more if that Mormon guy just wasn't in it at all. Okay, yeah. I feel like that kind of distracted from the core. Yeah. And I know, like, he, uh, he had, he had a, was some, somehow related to, to Brendan Fraser's partner. Mm. um Through the church that he was yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But I was just kind of like, Anytime he was there, like, I, and maybe this is a play. This is this is a a, a a symptom of it having been directly adapted from a play. But there were loads of times where I was like, "Why is this guy still in the house?" Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's like, <laughs> why has he not left the house? <laughs> like, he's a total stranger, and he's just like kind of standing in the corner of the room. Yeah, like, yeah. why is he still in? Well, the I room? think yeah, I don't think they made any attempts to kind of. I think the play aspects of it is trying to they, they're intentionally kept in. Because if they, I think if they were trying to make it like more of a filmy film, they would have left the apartment. They would have, you know, had followed well, maybe the kid for a day or whatever. To to, like, to bring it back again, Glengarry Glen Ross directly adapted from a play. Yeah, only two two settings in it or something. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. Why? Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to. You know, you you can go from you can stay in one location. It'd still be a great film. This didn't feel so cinematic. Uh, Wait, well, women talking. Apparently, another one that's based solely in one room and uh is meant to be really good so we'll oh, get back on that and then we that's can compare good. the two it is um, that, that'd be an interesting theme to do for an episode like films that are just in one place yeah yeah have you have you the ever t- did you tell me about that that like there's like a tom hardy film where the whole movie is just like lock yeah him that's really driving good. around He's driving in the car yeah that's a really good film 
I'd be keen yeah, to see okay, that. Okay, let's do a whole film where all, they're all in one location. Rope by uh, Alfred Hitchcock. 12 let's, Angry Men. 12 Angry Men. We're going to do a whole show on it. We, we'll get yeah. there. Someday. Uh, someday. <laughs> someday. Maybe not today or tomorrow or any other day. Um, um, come here. I was going to say something else yeah? quickly about the whale. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, maybe we... Well, dare I ask your thoughts on the, 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 the ethics of the fat suit or would you rather just park that all together? Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't... In my mind, it's uh, like it's it's well, you couldn't get someone who was that weight to perform. Apparently, it. George Clooney tried they tried to do it, tried it didn't work. to do it, and it didn't work. No, yeah, no, you. I don't think you could. It would be. I mean, this is someone who has got you know quite a severe. Mm. So this, they're portraying someone who is who's you know on death's door because of uh, the, their health situation. Yeah, it'd be very hard to like. You can't expect actors to do that. Um, and so I mean, like a prosthetics is what we use it in cinema. We, me, and you, because we work in the industry. Yeah. Um, but that's what people use in the thing to create people who are in more. You know, if a guy's got their leg missing or whatever, and like, it, I don't think comparing like you know, this is like severe morbid obesity. Yeah, it's, it's like not, beyond body positivity. It's, it's, it's like po- this man's gonna positivity. die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, from my understanding, I, I wouldn't. I don't think like that. It's it's like a, such an extreme case. I don't think it would. Po- yeah. Get someone who. And he did put on a lot of weight for it. Uh, I guess it's like, I guess I was about to say, like, if you have someone who's like got a severe cancer or something, can, you're, you're never going to cast someone who has that mm. in the movie. But then I guess there is no, the body positivity thing is, I understand that. And and people who think it's like offensive to, to people who are overweight, but I guess mm. he's not depicting a, a an overweight person necessarily. He's depicting a person who's like no, in yeah, such yeah. a severe state of health yeah. that he's going to die. You do have to be careful because like, the, like you definitely have to be careful because, you know, people who are, who are, you know, like mean or bad people or just people in general, when they subconsciously take things in, will associate, you know, this horrible, like, like this hugely morbidly obese person who's on, you know, death's door due to like, he, he's completely incapacitated and can't walk and stand up and stuff like that. You know, they will draw a line between that and someone who's just a bit fat. Uh, like kids in playgrounds might do that kind of thing. So you do, I understand that you do have to be kind of careful when you're talking about these things, but I can't see a relationship between like body positivity movement and, 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 mm. and like kind of, you should get someone, you get an actor who is actually that to play that role. I don't think you can yeah. really perform it successfully with, a case of that it'd be weird i think yeah it'd be kind of like you know there's not that many people you could pick from so yeah uh, yeah yeah you know, it would be it would be odd it would be very odd um, um anyway but yeah <laughs> we, manu- we maneuvered uh, the discussion we did it well uh, okay moving then, from that movie yeah, moving to another smoking hot uh, pile of well we'll find out yeah uh, pile it- of naked bodies riding around <laughs> yeah in a big old Beverly Hills mansion. We, we we both went together to our favorite cinema in Dublin, uh, the Lighthouse, uh, to see uh, Babylon, which is Damien Chazelle's new film mm-hmm. about um, about the history of Hollywood. Oh Moving yeah, from the from the good old days, from the silence to the talkies. And did we record it? Pod- we, I don't think we recorded a pod uh, a, a listen because we both had seen we it, saw it together. Seen it together. Uh, so, uh, Mark, what did you think of that movie? So, I actually... Maybe quick synopsis of it in order to... So, the film is... A quick synopsis is the film's three hours and 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most gratuitous, over-the-top, just kind of 
Well, well, the, well, that's not a synopsis. That's the you're you're giving the okay. Film, the, the film, film. So the film basically starts with like it's old Hollywood back in the day where people were shooting silent films and the, they were churning out the films and it was all hedonistic times. People were having crazy parties and everything was a bit crazy and people were taking drugs and and uh, getting their penises out and getting yeah. their, their breasts out mm-hmm. and um, then you have Margot Robbie who plays like. W- like one of the most annoying people in the world yeah and she wants to be an actor and she sneaks into a party and then she basically the whole film is her starting from humble beginnings to rising to becoming a very famous actor and then what do you know fame's not all it's cracked up to be Mm -hmm. and then she blah 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 blah, stuff happens it's a Mm -hmm. story that's been told many many Mm -hmm. times and you also have uh, a brad pitt in it Oh, Brad Pitt's also in it. He's he's already famous, but then may he he people don't like him no more. Yeah, people don't want to see old old Brad no more. Kind mm-hmm. of like reality, to be honest. And I don't really the want to see old guy Brad no more. Played played by a new kind of star. I would describe him. Seeing him in that film, I was like, he has the face of he is someone who we're going to see a lot of. He You're has a charismatic, a charismatic, handsome face. I'm like that guy is a film star. His name is Diego Calva, and I to be honest. I, I I liked his face. I wouldn't I mind did. seeing it in more movies. Me, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind too. seeing it in more movies. I can imagine him wearing military fatigues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays uh, sort of a, a young go-getter who is trying to make his way in. And he's kind of in, in, in love with Margot Robbie's character. And uh, and he's, you know, he's kind of chasing her. But he becomes a producer. And yeah, I guess it it's it's the transition. It's singing in the rain. The film yeah. is sing, singing in the rain. It's a star is born behind the scene. It's 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 so many films you've seen before, and uh, yeah. What uh, what did you think of it? Even though we already know you thought it was a pile of junk. Well, I actually liked it more than you. I yes, think. I liked true. it more than most. I th- I kind of enjoyed it just because it was so. I actually maybe think it was amazing in on in hindsight because mm. it was so over the top and shit and yeah. like. At the start, before the credits, there's like this 15, 20 minute long party scene. Mm. And while that was going on, I turned to Gary and I was like, no, you turned to me. Oh, yeah. And I said, like, this is going to be a long three hours. Yeah, you turned to me and you went, and Mark does this thing when he's not like in a film. When he does this, he goes, he sometimes shuffles around in his seat like this. And then he goes. (sighs) (laughs) And he tries to just like through body language and breaths alone, indicate to the entire screening how much he's disliking it. Yeah. And then he like leans over to me kind of forward so that people can see that he's leaning forward and he goes, it's going to be a long film. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, so he hates it. Now but, it's up to me to find out what I think. But uh, I, I ended up liking it more than you. You did. Yeah. Well, it, we got out just, of it and like, I like me and Gary both really did not like it. I felt it was just like, it went on and on and on. Oh it was just my like God, constant. It was the so film long. would just never end. It was, it was so stories long. that we've, heard a million times before played out in far worse ways than you've seen yeah uh, like just watch singing in the rain just watch singing but in the rain. i also like it's it's it just watch I don't that be, film. i don't want to say like a prude but some of it was so i was like that's like it don't do like that's rude <laughs> you know I will, I will there was so yeah. much heat and it's like puking there's a bit yeah. where an elephant shits directly into the camera smart there was, there was, there was, there was like an episode of joe duffy there was <laughs> There was a man eats a live rat. Yeah. There's puking and 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 there's just like fucking. Why is there all so much sick stuff yeah. in this? Can was, I say also there was that jazz 
the the jazz trumpeters. Oh, he narrative. was good. He was quite good. I liked his storyline. I actually thought, to be honest, the first hour of the film, which is all kind of based up until uh, talkies come in, is actually good. It's it's like it's kind of this wild ride. You're carried along by it. It's gratuitous and it's too much and it's flamboyant and all that kind of stuff. It's a little bit Baz Luhrmanny almost, um, and it carries you along. But then it just. The train keeps going, but you're like, wait, my stop was back there. I want to, I want to yeah, get off. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you stop? And then you have to wait until it comes around again. But I will say, worth the price of the cinema ticket alone was Toby Maguire. Oh yeah, uh, he's great. Just, he just he plays like I don't an know, the seventh hour of the film. He's like this weird, like kind of mafia boss guy, and he's he's so funny in it. Like yeah, he he's kind of like a druggy guy. He's, he's got like brown teeth and he's really pale and he looks yeah. so he's weird. He, 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 he does. He, he acts the part of being like upfront friendly and seemingly like welcoming, but mm. he, but you're all, he's also scary. Incredibly sinister. Yeah. yeah. And it's, he does that really well. Yeah. It he's actually made so me be scary. like, man, I want to see more Tobey Maguire movies. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I want, I want to see him back. He was hilarious in this. Yeah, like he was he, and he was also comical. He was sinister, charming, uh, comical. It was brilliant. I really, really liked him. I have uh, to say, I burst out laughing at a lot of things. Margot Robbie, she's toast for me. I never want to see her in a film ever yeah. again. Fucking she sucks. It was it was hard because it felt like she very much had been directed to be that like kind of annoying and 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 in your face kind of acting. Ugh, it was just it was there was so a scene annoying. there's a scene where where you know they have to get money from the big wigs and they have to hang out with the New York elites and they're in this big house that looks like Downton Abbey. It, like you're supposed to be yeah. in 19 uh you know 1930s uh New York City and it looks like Downton Abbey. And Margot Robbie's there and she's salt of the earth kind of like uh, you know, LA, you know, lives in... Uh, no, she's you know, not supposed to be from, like, New Jersey or something. Yeah, she's from, sorry, New Jersey, but she's she's kind of like a, a street urchin, kind of like crazy yeah, yeah. Uh, person, and she feels, like, looked down on... And there's, there's this sort of monologue and piece of acting from her, which is so... It's just so on the nose and so played out in a really oh. basic kind of, like predictable you know every action that she's going to do yeah. and there's this you know beautiful array of like uh, you know caviar and uh, you know uh, shelled fish and all this kind of stuff and cakes and you you see Margot Robbie walking towards it and you know what's going to happen like I'm not going to say what because you know what's going to happen and it's just really like oh for god's sake yeah it's really uncomfortable it's so shit it yeah really, I found it really cringe I was yeah. really like oh god yeah also Brad Pitt no, don't be in any more movies. I'm finished <laughs> with you. The only thing I thought Brad Pitt would be good for that role because of like it's kind of it's quite biographical almost his role his uh, role there. But it it's I don't know it just didn't it didn't work. Also, out. a thing must be mentioned: the film goes on for so long, like three yeah. hours, and then around the three hour mark, it's it taunts you mm. by no joke re playing a montage of the entire fucking film that yeah. you just watched yeah. it shows like a five minute long yeah. montage of scenes mm. from the movie itself just seen. and then you're like what the fuck this, this montage you. is yeah. happening and then it just starts showing scenes from other movies yeah. it shows a scene from jurassic park which w- yeah. welcomes it shows a scene from <laughs> avatar it shows a scene from singing in the rain it shows yeah. a scene i'm like what the fuck is going on here well, yeah so there's this end sequence which is like it's like a uh, student project. It, it's so badly edited. It's mm. really, really. It's supposed to be this kind of like 
crescendo climax of the film of like the and, f- uh, but it, uh, it's it's kind of like a crescendo yeah. climax of film in general yeah isn't it like and that's it kind of just yeah i guess like this film damien giselle who's a director i love i think is yeah brilliant. whiplash amazing i like uh this film he kind of clearly kind of feel like he put this he was like i'm putting this here in line with all these like you know he puts it in line with like jurassic park and you know singing in the rain is heavily featured in it and he's like, and this Babylon is kind of the film about this. And it kind of sums up Hollywood and it's, and it's just like completely misses. And he aims yeah, so yeah. high and he misses so much. And it's like, I mean, part of me is like, fair enough. Like you don't see films made like that very mm. much anymore with five, you know, like, you know, a thousand extras running around and like doing crazy things. Like it's exciting and cool to see stuff like that. Yeah, the- I would like more of that. Uh, but I felt like this was not a good film that's why i, I kind of thought it was in a way kind of amazing yeah like because it kind of reminded me of you know in like you know in citizen kane where he like put pumps a lot of money into his wife's like musical thing that she does and yeah. then it's really shit yeah it's kind of like that it's like he just got so much money mm. and he was just given complete freedom to mm. make the craziest movie ever and he just really was like it's going to be non-stop fucking insane shit going yeah. on for three hours mm. and people screaming and people overacting and yeah. just crazy set pieces nonstop. And that's what he did. And it's kind of like, I've never seen a movie like it. Like, mm. like the, it's, it's, it's full tilt the whole way mm. of just like, it's just like a load of different set pieces. Yeah. And it that, is. Yeah. Set piece after set piece. I think that's the thing we were saying as well. Like there's bits where there's like dance moments and like mm. there's kind of cool dances and stuff. And like the, there's loads of scenes that it's like this scene in another movie with like a proper story would be good, but you can't just have multiple yeah. scenes Stitched that together. aren't really yeah. joined together. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. fit then. It feels like you liked it, but you didn't think it was a good movie. Yeah. yeah I think that's cool. it. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I didn't like it. And it wasn't a good movie, but part of me also appreciated like a lot of it in that. Like I, I do love seeing loads of extras, something mm. and seeing a crap ton of people I just like that. Yeah, I like it's good. It. I think it looks good. Yeah, I it think does it look looks good. good on screen. It, I like it. Do more of that. But shit, film. Fuck off. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Damien, <laughs> try uh, again. The next film uh, that we're going to talk about is also Jesus. We are absolutely killing it. This what episode. are we like? We're like real film boys. This is like real film critics. Uh, so the next film we're going to talk about is uh, Steven Spielberg's most autobiographical film to date, uh, as has been much discussed. And it is The Fablemans, starring all of The Fablemans. Um, I'm stalling because I'm looking for the voice note. I cannot find it. Okay. Uh, did you find it, Mark? I'll try to find it. Give me uh, where the fuck is The Fablemans? I found The Fablemans. Here we go. So I just watched The Fablemans, which is Steven Spielberg's most recent semi-autobiographical film with uh, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, and I think Gabriel LaBelle is the, the young Gabriel LaBelle as uh, the young guy who plays the Spielberg. It's basically about, well, he's not Spielberg. He's, uh, you know, this young Fableman's kid. But basically it tells the story of uh, a young guy who's coming from a family that has, you know, they're like an idyllic, happy family, but they keep moving around a lot. And the mum and the dad start to have... Uh, difficulties between them uh, meanwhile the little kid uh, as he grows up gets more and more into cinema and making films and he's obsessed with it and um, yeah basically you know family life difficult uh, and uses film as a way to 
control life, to be able to control reality, all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought it was really good. It was really touching, quite uh, smart in the way that it uses different types of film. Like, you know, he, he'll make films and they will mirror his own life. And, uh, you know, the, the kind of psychology of the characters played through the movies that he makes. And uh, the performances are all really good. There's some really good sequences, uh, really good transitions. It's a really tight film uh, made really well, very touching. I guess like we all sort of know a bit about Spielberg because he reveals it through his movies. You know, like there's always, you know, a divorced family in every Spielberg movie. And this is the first time where he's actually like, you know, pointing at himself and saying, this is me. And uh, there's something really, you know, touching and nice to, see a more personal, a much more personal film than we're usually used to with this guy who is clearly just so enamored with cinema and it's a love letter to cinema as well as, you know, a love letter to his family and his mum and I thought it was a really, really beautiful film. Well, I just want to say, don't ever say a love letter to cinema. I hate when people say that. But anyway, go on. It's, uh, so, so this film, this film, it's like a love letter to cinema. Shut up. <laughs> That's what people said about Babylon as well. It's a love letter to cinema. <laughs> It must have been why I thought Stop. of it because I was like, that's not a kind of phrase I would ever say. No, uh, why did you I, say that? I must have been reading too much of the fucking Guardian yeah. film reviews or something like that. Uh, that sounds straight out of Peter Bradshaw's book. Yeah. Um, oh, God. You, no, sounded, think, you sounded really bored when you were talking there. But I, that was another sick watch, to be fair. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I watched nearly all of these whilst quite sick. Oh. Uh, and I was like, this film didn't move me so much. It's because I was like on a different planet in uh, mm, terms of mm. flu and fever. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, fi- this film was really great. Really liked it. Steven Spielberg is the best filmmaker like in the world he's yeah so he i but like i don't know if he really because he t- turns out film after film he keeps going yeah i don't think we really appreciate how good he is at setting up a scene with you know several different people in it and and just creating an environment like like uh i watched a, someone explain a shot from dawes where it's like they're, they're getting on the boat and he's meeting the mayor for the first time and he's trying to... You, say, you said Dawes there. Jaws. Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, Jaws. Um, digital audio, what are they called? <laughs> yeah, go um, on. No, uh, Jaws. And I was just watching, I'd been watching it uh, because I was looking up a load of different Spielberg YouTube videos mm. and just how he, he does transitions and oh. how he it cuts things together and how scenes, uh, you know, like the, the, the emotions on a character's face and like what's happening behind that like he paints yeah. it all for you so well within the picture. I don't think we really, you know, part of me is like he should actually win best director every single year. Man, I've time been he puts out a movie, he should get best director because I, he actually is. If it was a, if it was sports, if 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 film was like sports and it was like you know, the you world, know the way Brazil win the World Cup all the time, it'd be or, Spielberg or you know like New Zealand win everything. It would be like that. Because yeah. he's just better. He's so good that's, at it. That's what pissed man. I've been saying that. I've been flying the Spielberg flag for years. Yeah. For years. He's and so good. I, sometimes you say, people say, who's your favorite film director? And I say Spielbergo. Yeah. And they're like fucking scoff at you. Like, yeah. like no, mm. you, you fucking stupid hipster. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. Name someone better. It's very hard. Name someone better. No. I met, uh, there was a guy I knew in Berlin and I, I he said, who's your favorite film director? And I said, Spielberg. And he went, <laughs> I said, who's yours? And he said, Paul Thomas Anderson. And I fucking spat in his face. (laughs) (laughs) 
I spat in his face and I left the room. Inherent vice? Uh, inherent vice? E.T. Yeah, e. inherent Jaws. Jaws. E.T. Jaws, no. close encounter. I think he's, he's a victim of like being so successful and his films being so entertaining. That's the thing. But they are artistically incredibly impressive. Because his films... Too, and people, it might even get overlooked again. Like people aren't going to see it really. It's not no. very popular. Um, I, I don't... Like pe- people think they know E.T. and they think they know Jaws and they think they know Jurassic Park mm. and they think, oh, that's just a film with the shark in the boat. Oh, that's just a film with all no. the, the Jurassic creatures. And oh, that's the film with the <laughs> alien. But if you actually watch those films, they're extremely well-made, well-paced yeah. Yeah. movies that shot really well, acted really well. The story is tight. There's a human drama oh, at the center of all his films. Love it. You might have an alien there, but what is it really about, you know? And then he's so good at like, you know, getting to the kernel of what the story is really about and yeah. then expressing that through some big drama. Not- I just, I thought he was brilliant. This again, you know, this doesn't have any of like, doesn't have fantasy. And no it aliens have or anything. No aliens or anything like that. Mm. Uh, it has a really good performance uh, by Michelle Williams as his mum. And then, you know, the- Michelle, there's a, there's a character in Tekken called Michelle Williams. Gun? Yeah, but, but Michelle Williams um, is really good in it. Seth Rogen's good oh, in it. Oh, there's not. Paul Dano's good in it. He does his... Paul Dano does this face, which is so kind and like kind of soft. <laughs> it's like kind of just what he looks like. Yeah. He has such a kind, soft kind of face. And also it's like set in like the 50s, 60s. And like Paul Dano's face is from the 50s. Like, yeah. I looked at it and I was like, that's a face that's from the 50s. It's like the opposite. Because remember, we were, I was complaining about Don't Worry Darling. And I was talking mm. about... um. Harry, what's his name? Harry Styles face, yeah, not yeah, being yeah. from the fifties and sixties. And I was like, it didn't, didn't work because he has the wrong. Face. He's got a modern face. But then, um, but then I looked at Paul Dano and I was like, that man was born fifty years too late. Like, yeah, that's a face from the. It's funny, like you said, no one's going to see it. And there's something about the name, the Fablemans, and the poster. The poster's of it. dog shit. The poster's awful. And I seen, seen the, the poster. You seen yeah, the poster? And it's so that's, bad. That's kind of why I haven't watched it. I yeah. saw the poster. and I was like, oh, I don't want to. Looks watch like a, it. like a, a fake. A DVD that you might find in, yeah. like a, you know, in like a, a, a uh, but I, I, petrol station or something. I'm gonna it's watch it so now because Steven Spielberg made Super Eight, and that was the last like modern movie of his I've ever watched. Super Eight, yeah, I didn't like Is that. Super Eight, not like well, Spielberg. Is that a JJ Abrams? I think it might be Spielberg. But the, the but this isn't a modern film. This is set in the past. Yeah, but it's modern made. It was oh, just okay, made. Okay. Um, okay, okay. And I, so I haven't watched the Spielberg in a while. Just you should watch I was like, uh, uh, Ready Player One. That's, that's the modern one did. I really like that. Okay, I'll, that watch really it. I'll watch it for you. Yeah. But I'm going to watch the Fable, the Le Fable, I, th- okay. I think it's supposed to be. And we were big favorites of, of uh, and the last scene in it is fucking amazing. Oh, like, really? it's, The film is good, 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 good. And then the last scene, I was just like, fit. Fair for it was like watching Messi do an overhead kick. You were like, "That's the <laughs> best guy doing the best thing." Uh, it was really good. The, uh, so anyway, uh, I think I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna watch it. And 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 the, the the story also people describe the story to me, and um, they were like, "Oh, this kid gets parents get divorced and then he starts to make a movie." So I was like, "That combined with the poster, I was like, that sounds shit." Yeah, it's but, no, it's it's it, look, it's not the most entertaining Spielberg plot or anything like that, but. Just sit back and watch the film. Listen, watch I'll over do it. it. It's not. It, it's not the most like original and and whatever. But I, I enjoyed it. I can, think you would too. Can I see? Uh, can I say 
Paul Dano, I watched an, some interviews with him and he seems like he's kind of a prick. And uh, I've never seen interviews with him, but I, I like him as an actor. I saw, yeah, I like him as an actor too, but I saw, he seems like kind of pretentious and he kind of talks about like the art of acting and stuff, which is fine to do, but uh, I don't know, yeah. a bit too Irish, so that kind of carry on. Yeah. I also saw him on the Criterion thing, you know, where they go into the Criterion closet and pick the DVDs yeah. out mm. and he was just picking real obscure shit and I was kind of like, ah, oh, man, come on, pick some normal <laughs> movies. I uh, saw There's a very good parody of that. Someone goes into, uh, it's just a porno, like a porno DVD library, mm. and they're just picking up random pornos. And being like, and they're just like, you got to watch th- this film. So they're like picking up like Shaving Private Ryan. This film changed the way they make cinema. You mm. got to watch this. They're just picking up random, it's good anyway. Um, it doesn't, doesn't sound <laughs> The face like you're looking up at me my... makes you think it is not funny. I, 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 saw um, a, I saw a funny meme that was like, I really want to watch like a Criterion closet thing where the actor goes in and just looks around and says like i've never heard of any of these fucking movies <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good um well the final film that we're going to review now is uh another oscar tipped tip and probably the most proper critic film yeah. of them all yeah uh, and we're going to leave it to our most proper film cr- critic which is mark Byrne, mm-hmm. uh who watched tar and also lived in Berlin, so he's the perfect guy for the job. Yep. Uh, can you uh, let us know what you thought of it? So, I just watched Tar, starring Kate Blanchett. Um, I thought this movie was going to be... I actually thought it was like a biopic, biopic about some orchestra person. I kind of was expecting like a, a kind of a woman breaks the glass ceiling of orchestra land and becomes successful against all odds and has to kind of, I don't know, I thought it was going to be kind of that kind of thing, but it wasn't that, that kind of thing at all. Um, the story was interesting. It was good. Uh, it kind of has a, I guess, I don't know what you can say about it without it being a spoiler, but it's an interesting story with interesting themes and not at all what I expected from the trailer. And yeah, it was good. It was maybe, I don't know, like, yeah, I liked it. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, it was just a real kind of story with a beginning, middle, and end. Um, she kind of has, uh, she, so basically she's doing this orchestra thing. She She's recording a live piece. She's doing it in the Philharmonic, and... It's her kind of preparing for this live recording that's going to be recorded and released via some record label. And there's going to be, I think, a live DVD or whatever of it, too. So it's that. But then over the course of that, something happens to her. And yeah, it's just a good old good old story, modern, a modern tale. And um, I don't really know. I kind of feel like that's all I have to say. What do you want to say? Yeah, she's a very good actor. The acting in it was very good throughout. All performances very good. Um, et voilà. The story is a modern tale. <laughs> uh, um, I actually did. You see the film? It's, it sounded like you did see the film. <laughs> it is. It's a modern tale. Um, it's a real story. No, I actually so. I don't know if you could hear my voice, but I, that was that was um, the Sunday night. I woke up 
the next morning extremely ill. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I can I, hear that. You can hear. I feel like at the start of the thing, you were maybe. Yeah. Like, like you can hear your your temperature rising. Yeah. yeah. That I think my I think my brain was like <laughs> boiling while I was trying to, to record that. <laughs> no, it, that movie was good. Um, lots of good acting. Very serious. I feel like I don't watch films that are that serious that often. But uh, it was cool. There's kind of like a cancel culture aspect to it. Uh, well, yeah. I, and. Uh, like the, like for example there's one bit where this um she's giving a class to these students and 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 she's talking about Bach and then one of the students is like oh i i i personally don't res- like listen to him because of his attitude towards women and then she's kind of like that's ridiculous and goes on this big tirade about that mm. and then that gets that and then she kind of gets maybe gets in some trouble for that and mm. how she approached it but you can kind of see where she was she was like she goes on this big tirade about separating the art from the artist and mm. if you and that's kind of a theme throughout the whole thing and it explores it in interesting ways wait is Bach cancelled Bach's cancelled yeah oh my god well I actually never really looked into why he okay he's cancelled I think he I, I don't know any but they basically allude to Bach being cancelled though he was the first ever cancelled man that's um, insane <laughs> but uh i'd say basically pre i'd say pre maybe 1900 all men are just cancelled just yeah just a blanket wipe. yeah yeah they're all cancelled so more as pre-19 pre bloody yesterday man pre now yeah. we're all should be cancelled not me yeah. i'm an angel no you're, you but, seem nice um <laughs> yeah it was good kate blanchett's good acting good berlin looks cool is it kate blanchett or kate blanchett I actually was saying Blanchette to be funny, but I think that's actually how you pronounce it. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. I've heard okay. people say Blanchette. Is that what they call her? Blank check? Blank check? They call her <laughs> Blank Chet Blanchett because she just fucking knows how to spend it. They, she no, knows how to... She's the, when they're getting her on board on a film because she's so, so expensive, yeah, they she, say... Get Kate Blank check on board. Yeah, yeah, they're and like because they're like it doesn't matter what she costs. She we'll buys out the stores. She goes into <laughs> Brand Thomas and they just go. It's fucking blank check, blank blank check, blank check. Gonna That's come a in good tongue twister. Buy, uh, Can you say? Can you please send us voice notes of uh, into our Instagram? Uh, popcorn boys blank chat say blank check blank chat as many times uh, as you can very fast or even video yourself and we'll uh, and tag us and we'll put them in your stories this is a social media thing mark you wouldn't know about this this is going to go viral we'll get uh, millions of views and all that kind of stuff blank check blank chat bought a bag of what am i supposed to say something here? i'm trying to fit make a rhyme out of it no just say but blank check blank check blank check blank but i feel like you check. have to say like peter picked a putter pip, pip, pip. okay okay <laughs> you know what i mean blank check blank check pip, pip, pip. watched banshees in sharon i don't know Ugh, oh, anyway the yeah. movie's good um it's i'd good. say you watch it the soundtrack one thing that was so weird about it is it's it's all what the fuck does philharmonic mean anyway okay yeah so that you have the symphony orchestra Mm-hmm. Then you have a Philharmonic Orchestra. And I have no idea what the difference is. Anyway, that's not what I was going to say. That was a bit of a side note. But the whole film happens. Obviously, it's all classical music and stuff. And then it ends. And the music at the end is like trap music. Like the end credits. I don't know if it's like, if it's intentionally. Well, I'm, I guess it's intentional. Well, I don't really know what it's supposed to mean, but it's like a kind of a banging EDM kind of dubstep trap song that plays at the end credits. And I was like, what the fuck? What's this about? Um, well, okay, so okay, uh, didn't listen. Now, I didn't listen to that because I'm looking up the difference between a symphony orchestra and a philharmonic orchestra. 
according to Google Autocomplete, uh, uh, if you're curious about the difference between the uh, read on, let's start with orchestra. Generally speaking, an orchestra is a group of musicians who play together. Boring, boring. Today, orchestra by itself doesn't tell the whole Man, story. Why are you reading boring, this? Boring, boring. Symphony means sound to get. No, there's no difference. A philharmonic and a symphony are the same. The only true difference is the origin of the name. Wow. I'm going to start DJing under the name Philharmonic. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> well, it would only work if your name was Phil. No, what do you do? You're a DJ. You don't have to go by the name, by the, your actual name. No, do you not? They call me Philharmonic because I got those deep house harmonies. But doesn't, um, you should, why don't you start a DJ therapy, uh, a DJ therapy night and you call yourself Dr. Philharmonic? Yeah. <laughs> what does DJ therapy entail? I don't know, but like you, you could have a mustache and a and a thick Louisiana accent and go. Yeah. Are you ready for the beat? I hope. Uh, also, how are you feeling today? <laughs> um, anyway, the, we've gone off board. I feel like maybe we've reached the end of our. Maybe it sounds like we're getting more fever. Mm, getting sick again. We're getting sick again. Um, we apologize for being away for so long. We really were very sick. Uh, so actually we don't apologize. Don't ever apologize for being sick. Yeah. And um, if you, if you're, if you're, if you're ever debating, I feel sick. Mm. Uh, oh, I feel bad taking a day off work. Don't feel bad. No. Take a day off. No, because you're going to make other people in the office sick and that's worse. But that's not what's important. What's important is, is you fuck them. Fuck, fuck the man. Yeah. You go home. You're sick. Yeah. But also it's legally, you know, because up the unions, because of the unions, you have the right to do that. Mm. So, uh, Take a day off, even if you're not sick. Actually, just take as much. Stop days. going don't to go work. To work. Don't go to work anymore. Stop um, going in. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening again. Uh, we will be back as quickly as possible uh, with another episode oh, with yeah. uh, wonderful guests and everything like that. Um, it's been a while, and we're delighted to uh, be with you again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.